Welcome, 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 New Life family. How is everybody today? Oh, I hope, hope you're a little bit more enthusiastic than that because today is a day, today is a day of celebration. Celebrate! Woohoo! Woo! Yeah! Oh my gosh! All right. So, um, yes, we are here to celebrate today. So we have uh, baby dedication at the beginning. Fun. Who, yeah. Who doesn't like babies? And then we have baptisms at the end. So. There you go. Yeah, so we are Marty and Stacy Wadlow, and we are, you know, so glad that you are here. If this is your first time, it's going to be a little bit different today, but you are going to be blessed. What an exciting day it's going to be. Um, and we have, if you're new, we have a little gift for you out on the patio or at one of the connection kiosks inside. Um, if you are out on the patio, welcome. You might want to come in. It's nice and warm It's way here. warmer. Yeah. <laughs> so, but welcome. We are so glad you're here and know that it's going to be an amazing celebration. Woo-hoo! It is a true celebration. And so... At the end, if the this baptism is happening, but any time during the service, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit speak to your heart, you know, listen to God. If He's tugging on you to make a commitment, you know, this is a an outward proclamation of what God is doing for you. So if God is blessing you right now and you feel that urge and you didn't come prepared for it, that's okay because they will have everything you need. Yeah, T shirts, shorts, a towel. All the enthusiasm in the room there with you. So, I've heard many stories um, from the stage left this year. I know God is blessing many people in this congregation. And if you feel that tug, listen to God and come on up or go see one of the people in blue shirts. They'll help you out. So, can we please stand up? Would you please find someone new around you and just introduce yourself and prepare your hearts for God? You're here and I know you are moving I'm here and I know you will 
God, we sing to you. We sing to you because you are worthy of our praise and our worship, God. And we just hope that this offering would be something that you could take delight in, God, as we sing these names of our Lord and Savior, Adonai, Elohim, great I am, Prince of Peace, Lord. We also know you as Father. We know you as Savior. We know you as brother. We know you as friend. We know you as provider and protector and comfort in the storm, God. For all of your names and for all of your attributes, God, we praise you. And all the songs that we could ever sing, all the songs that we could ever write, it's not even close to being enough to telling you how worthy you are, Lord Jesus. But we thank God that one day we will get to delight in your throne room, God, sitting at your feet, worshiping you forever and ever, Lord. Lord, you are beautiful and your face will be all that we will see. And it'll be more than enough to sustain us, Lord, because your beauty is captivating. As we sing this next song, God, we just lift up our praise to you. We lift up our praise to you knowing that you are good and that you are faithful, Lord Jesus. And so in this season of Thanksgiving, God, may we remember who you are and what you've done as we sing this to you with grateful hearts. Amen. Good. 
never stop proclaiming your goodness when we run out of breath we're still going to be proclaiming your goodness with our lives father we thank you that through all of life's ups and downs and peaks and valleys the one constant has been you as we look back on the things that we've gone through you are the one constant your goodness has truly been chasing us down even when we've tried to ignore it, God, you have chased us down with your love. We thank you that you didn't give up on us. We thank you for second and third and 15 millionth chances, God. We thank you that you have gone before us, that you're with us now, and you will continue to follow us, and we will follow you all of our days, God. We give this service over to you. God, would you have your way? Would you tug on our hearts? Would you speak to us this morning? We're listening. We're listening and we long to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. We are gonna continue to proclaim the goodness of God um, by inviting our ushers forward to receive our tithes and offerings today. You know, New Life, we always strive to be a people of generosity, um, to live with our hands open and um, in this season, we do that in a very unique way. As the Christmas season is upon us, we launch what we have called our Christmas market. So it's put on through our New Life Pantry. And if you are newish here and you don't know what it is we do, we partner with the Lucia Mar School District um, with families and individuals that they have identified as families who could use a little extra blessing this season. And so we partner with Lucia Mar, and we also go down to Guadalupe, and we bless families with things that they actually really need. And and so we, um, last year through the Christmas market, we served 455 families and it was really awesome. 
And it's just a really great opportunity just to show people in our community that God sees them, God, that God loves them, and that, God ha- that God's goodness is chasing after them too. And so this year, as we've uh, underway, we've been ha- um, having donations. We're only about 10% of the way there of what we need to make sure that we can um, serve the same amount, if not more, families this year. So um, if you would pray about it and think about it, this week, maybe if you're going shopping for Thanksgiving food, maybe put some laundry detergent in there, and toilet paper, deodorant. You can grab um, on your way out. There's a flyer that has a whole list of the things that we um, are trying to have in order to bless people. So we hope that you would be a part of that this season. And I can't even believe it, but in like a week and a half, like not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday is our tree lighting. So each year we light up our Christmas walk. It is truly our whole desire is, it, is that it would truly be a light to our community, that it would shine and people would drive by and see it and they'd come and we have prayer stations. But first time we light it up will be next Wednesday. And so it is a great opportunity to invite people. Maybe you invited somebody to Fall Fest and they came and they had a great time. This could be the next thing that you bring them to. So we're going to get into the Christmas spirit. We'll sing some Christmas carols. We'll light up the Christmas walk for the first time. There'll be some hot cocoa and my favorite tradition that we started last year, some potato soup Um, and um, lots of other little goodies and treats, photo opportunities. So we would hope that you would come, bring your family, bring your friends, invite people, invite people, invite people. And another amazing opportunity that we have to help us focus on Jesus in the season is our Advent kits. This is a tradition that we started a few years ago, and it's been super cool in my family. I didn't grow up in a very traditional um, background, and so the concept of Advent and lighting Advent candles was somewhat new to my family, but it has really enriched my faith. Um, And as, as a family, as we gather around each night and light the candle and talk about hope and peace and joy and love. So we have everything and more that you need to um, participate in that this season. Um, Right outside these middle doors is a big old tent that has all the boxes. If you pre-registered already for one, they'll have it there. Even if you didn't, we have plenty. So you can grab one today. It has your candles. It's got a daily devotional. It's got some stickers. Um, But side note, our annual New Life ornament is stuck in custom. So it'll be here next week before you get to put it up on your tree. So come check back out if you're thinking that your box is missing it. I know. Um, So pick that up today. Um, You can also follow along even if you don't get an Advent box. Um, By the way, they're free. Um, You can, if you'd like to help us cover the cost, you can give a donation. But um, if if you don't want to do that, you can also follow along. We're going to send out uh, weekly videos to help light candles, um, as well as some podcasts and other things to help us focus on Jesus. So you can text the word ADVENT23 to 805-979-2003, and you can get signed up for that whether you get a box or not. And so we're celebrating a lot of things today, and one of the things we also get to celebrate is new members of the church. And so it truly is a beautiful picture when people enter into a covenant relationship with one another, with one another even those who aren't blood-related, but we get to call each other family. So these um, individuals, and uh, they've gone through Crash Course. That's what we have as like our membership class. They've gone through Crash Course, and they've decided to enter into this covenant relationship where we truly get to be a family. We get to be there for them. They get to be there for us. Um, and it really is a beautiful picture 
If you are thinking about it and you are interested in becoming a member, um, our next crash course is going to be in January, so you can think about that. Um, But every time we take a step in our faith, whether it's dedicating our children or getting baptized or becoming a member of the church, we always know that there is um, the enemy likes to come against us whenever we try and take a step in our faith, right? So I would just love for you to like maybe take somebody's picture in your mind, the name, and maybe say a prayer for them this week if, if you think about it. Hopefully the Lord will bring them bring them to your attention. Um, And so we would just like to say a blessing over them today. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of family. We thank you for the gift of the church. God, when you created us and you had us in mind, you knew that we were not meant to do life alone, but that we were meant to do it in community. And we know that your spirit goes before us, and we just pray that you would... um, that you would just bind each one of these individuals to your hearts. We know that the enemy is going to try and come against them and, and uh, try to divide us, God, but we would pray that you would just keep us united under your banner. Um, we just pray for each one of these individuals and their families, God. Would you uh, protect them? Would you bless them? Would you keep them? Would you um, help them to grow in their knowledge and faith in you? And would you just continue to use our church to bless them in their lives, God. We want to be instruments of goodness in, in their life and in the life of our community as well. So we thank you for all of the ways that you're moving and the things that you're doing. It is all for your glory, and we give it all back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. As our, those that are going to be uh, dedicated come onto the platform, I want you to sing these words once again with me because I think they're so key to what we're about ready to do. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. That is why you're here. Believing and trusting that the one who has been faithful is faithful and will be faithful. And so we bring our children before the Lord saying, God, I don't know what the future is gonna hold. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know this, you are a faithful God. So I'm going to entrust my child back to you, believing that you will meet my child in a relationship, that they will discover a relationship with you, that they will receive your forgiveness as Lord and Savior. But parents have an important role in this particular process, right? God has entrusted our children to it. We dedicate our children back to you, but there's some things that we can do to disciple our children. In fact, we're reminded in the book of Deuteronomy that as parents, as aunties, as uncles, that we are the primary spiritual uh, caregiver of our children. And then the body of Christ or the church comes around you also to help you to raise your children to know and to love God. So a couple of things to think about as you think about God's faithfulness and your calling, and the first one is this. You are called to model the love of Jesus for your children. That just as you have been loved first, that you can extend that love and that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness to your children, that they might not just see you as mom or dad, but they might see you through the lens and say, I see Jesus in you. That's what we wanna model for our for our children. The second thing that we want to do is we want to teach our children to know and to love God and to walk in God's 
ways. We're reminded again in the book of Deuteronomy to talk about the ways of God. Um, in the scriptures, it talks about like walking along the road. Well, maybe you're in your SUV or going from practice to school to whatever, whatever that's gonna look like. But talk about the ways of God to teach our kids to walk in God's commands and walk in God's ways. And last but not least, and this one is so key, that God has knit your children together with specific gifts and graces, that he knows them. And one of the things that we get to do as parents is we get to call out of our kids those things that they don't yet see, but God placed there. And we get to identify those and activate those in our kids' lives. And so that is what we do when we dedicate our children is we're saying, hey, God, we know that you're going to be faithful, but God, I wanna be a faithful steward of raising my child to model you before them, to teach them to know and to love you and to call out of them the things that you have placed there. That is my role. So if you commit to doing those things, say, I will. I will. Amen, amen. But you're not alone. Obviously, God is with you, but the body of Christ is also with you. And so we as the body of Christ have a responsibility. Some of you are going to be these kids' um, teachers and um, discipleship leaders, and you're going to see them in kids' ministry or student ministry. You're going to walk along the patio. They're going to bump into you. Instead of saying, get out of my way, you're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm so glad that you are a part of our church. Because we are a church where the body of Christ comes around families and helps them to raise their kids to know and to love God. So if you, as New Life's local expression of the body of Christ, if you will choose to help these parents to raise their children to know and to love God, if you will express to them that Jesus loves them, that he wants to shape them, and that they are called to go and do the things that Jesus did, if you are committed to that, will you respond saying, we will? One, two, three. That's good news right there, right? So we love to dedicate children. And so, I, yeah, you want to yes. introduce Dana Girl? Right, Sorry, so first, when I say Dana, I, I thought that last service. I called you Dana Girl last I, service. Just like so your, you know, that's what I call her. So like she's Pastor Dana to you. She's Dana Girl to yeah, me. Thanks. So. <laughs> uh, this is little Noah. She is literally, when she shows up, she is a ball of energy. And she walks in, and I'm pretty sure you have to match her energy when she comes in. This is not, this is fake right here. When she comes in, and she's like, hi. And I'm like, hi. It's like you don't know how to answer, but like you have to match the energy. But she is uh, just so much fun to have in class. We love that you guys have newly got baptized and being a part of this family. And we're just so happy. This was just excited. Friday, yes. Friday, this was Friday. Yes. We're so happy to have you guys here. So that's so good. No, Noah, this is Noah, Pastor Can David. I hold you? Can I hold you? Yeah. Yeah? He goes with me. He's oh, yeah. You want to? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. can, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah, I don't want to scare you. Stranger danger. I know, I know, I know. You want? Can you go, Dana? Can you go, Dana? She's like, now I'm nervous. She got her nervous. Right. Why don't you come out here? This is your we'll family. Just come this can you is say family. hi, Noah? You guys have any family or friends that have gathered here today specifically for the dedication? Yeah. Are they out here somewhere? Go ahead and stand up. Yeah, if you're if you're here specifically, yeah, go ahead and stand up. Yeah, be right. Stay standing wherever you are. Stay standing wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. And there's some folks back there as well. Yeah, yeah. We're way we're way back there. All right. So here's what we do at New Life. If you're not familiar, go ahead and reach out your hand, and we're gonna dedicate little Noah Sky to the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, we dedicate Noah Sky 
Ramos, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we mark her with the cross of Christ, recognizing, God, that she is a daughter of the Most High God. We pray, God, that she would grow to know you at an early age. We pray, God, that she would recognize her need for you as a Savior, receive your gift of forgiveness, and begin to walk empowered by the Holy Spirit in your ways, that she would become the woman that you created her to be. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Awesome. Next, we have best dressed Dorian here. I know he, you, you like stood me up, man. You look oh yeah, sharp. He, you look he, sharp. I like I it. I think you beat him with Dapper the outfit, Dorian. yes. Dapper, <laughs> Dapper Dorian. Dorian. I like that. Oh, I love it. I like that. And he's here with Mama Stephanie here. Yeah, all right. So Dorian, you want to come up here? You want to wave at everybody? Yeah, everybody, look, they all, they all like you, man. They all like you. They all wave back, all right? That's really good. All right, let's pray for Dorian. Gracious Heavenly Father, I dedicate Dorian Favor Alvarez in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we ask that your hand would rest upon him, that he would learn to walk in your ways. We pray, God, that he would recognize you at an early age and receive you as Lord and Savior, that, God, he would be filled with your spirit and your power, and, God, that he would be utilized for your glory and your majesty. God, we pray just your blessing and favor over his life and that he would become the man that you created and crafted him to be. God, we ask all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said... Amen. amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome, yes. So good, so good. So this service is going to be a little bit different if you're new with us today. Um, we're so glad that you're here. We've already done some dedications. We talked about membership in a little bit. We're going to be baptizing. But we wanted to bring some people, or I just felt prompted uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit to, hey, let's, let's give some bear witness to some testimony about who Jesus is. So if those who are on our pastoral team can come up and come and join me on the platform you know, I think it's so important for us to um, not only talk about what God has been doing, but actually bear witness to what God has been doing in our lives. And so as they come onto the platform, I, you may or may not know that we've been in a series about the, you know, we walk through the Old Testament. And so as we've walked through the Old Testament, we've identified the fact that, hey, you know what? We have an origin story that is, that is um, uh, rooted in God's story, Right? We have our origin story that we know and that maybe we talk about when we gather around a Thanksgiving table or we, talk, or we think about when we think about our upbringing, but we also have a story that we are rooted in and that's God's story. And so one of the things we've talked about over the last several weeks has been the fact that, you know what, in the beginning, God created and when he created, he said it was good. So I don't know what your origin story is, but I know this, that God created you for good. And we don't think about that a lot, of, a lot of times. The other thing that I know is that every one of us has fallen short of that calling and that creation to live into his goodness. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has fallen short of that. But God did not give up on us. And the story of the Old Testament all the way through and leading towards Jesus reminds us that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son that he died on the cross to forgive us of our sin, that he was raised to life so that we could have new life. And that's one of the things that we're going to celebrate here in just a moment. 
But one of the beautiful things is that every one of us has an origin story, and sometimes that origin story has some difficultness, some trials, some frustration, some heartache, and, and what's beautiful is we can lay on top of our origin story, God's origin story, and we see it that way. And so one of the things I'd love for you to begin with is simply uh, sharing, hey, what was your upbringing like? How, you know, kind of what, was the, what were the dynamics that were happening in your family life, and, and was faith a part of your family life? You know, what was going on? And and then you can, you can tag onto that, like, what was, it, what was it like or what happened when you came to that intersect of faith? Like, like when your origin story of how you were brought up intersected what God was doing and his story in your life. And Gina, you, maybe you want to start with that for us? Yeah. So my uh, story is I'm from the Central Coast, so I've lived here most of my life. And uh, I am the oldest of two. My parents did not raise us with faith. I had never stepped in a church before until I was an adult, and um, so there was no faith, no God in our lives. Um, my family valued money, so in other words, I would be raised to be educated, and I would be raised to be wealthy, and, and one of those hasn't happened, and so, um, <laughs> just saying. So, uh, and you're really smart, so we know which one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was not, that was the value, was to be independent, to be wealthy, and so there was no faith. And so when I, and then my family didn't really live a life that was about family either. We were like four individuals who were all about themselves. And so my family fell apart when I was about 10, 11 years old. Into my teenage years, my mom left, my dad left, and then I ended up on the streets um, most of my teenage years. And so when faith came along, or when God came along into my story, uh, it didn't seem to fit at all. So like, as far as the idea of someone would love me unconditionally, uh, someone would want to know me, someone that just, I ought to say, I didn't believe it, I rejected it for a long time, and... It was confusing, and it made no sense, and it didn't seem possible. Yeah, yeah. Philip, what about you? What was, was kind of going on in your life, and when did God's story intersect your story? Yeah. So I grew up in uh, North Carolina, a small town called Taylorsville, and so I grew up in a single-parent home. No dad, n never met him in my life, and my mom raised me and my three siblings by herself, and so that was kind of my context of uh, small town North Carolina, and um, I grew up going to a black Southern Baptist church, so that was like our, that's what we did, and so just because we did that, we were automatically Christians, and so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's how it true. was, you know, because North Carolina that's is fair. the Bible Belt of America, one of the Bible Belts, you know, so that's, that, that was my context, and um, yeah, I grew up in, in the sense of hearing, like being in a church, I didn't know what was going on, I had no clue, sitting there, I didn't have a phone back then because it was a long time ago, and so it was like, you just, we had church clothes, and then uh, the service is just so long, and so I'm like, why are we here? Uh, and so I had no clue what was actually being said, what was, what, what these songs we were singing, um, and so the intercept of, I think, faith in my life was uh, when I moved to Pismo Beach in 2009, and uh, it was there where my life, I gave my life to Christ, and through a missions organization called Youth with a Mission, yeah. and it was in that where uh, my idea of being a, um, a single, in a single parent home, not feeling like my which, which I knew my mom did, but not feeling the love care uh, from my mom and, and feeling the abandonment of my, like not having a dad, feeling the jealousy right. of my friends having moms and dads. And yeah. uh, so all of that. And then in scripture, 
people are always talking about, oh, well, you know, God's your father, all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, he ain't my father. So, because my dad didn't, I don't know my dad. So I don't want to be a part of a, a uh, not religion, but like yeah. this Christianity, it's this God we're talking about is identified as, as dad. And so that was very hard for me to accept the fact that yeah. I was a child. I was, I was wanted. I was loved. I was cared for by this God. And I could, re- I could call him dad. So that was that, 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 yeah. That's kind of my origin story. I think, that, I think one of the things that's so key about that is that, you know, sometimes when we think about origin story, we only think about it being, again, um, that, you know, I was born into a family that maybe there was addiction, or I was born in a family where there was uh, just some gnarly things going on, or that my, I had a parent that abandoned me, or, or maybe abuse was a part of that origin story. And so we stopped there without ever overlaying God's story on top of it and saying, you know what, hold on a second. The world has taught me that my origin story is in abandonment or addiction or any number of things, but God's story says that I was created for good. God's story says that I was knit together in my mother's womb, that, God, that my story reminds me that he loves me and that he pursues me first. And so that is such kind of a crisis of like, okay, this is what I've experienced, but now I'm being introduced to a different story in my life. And that's, that's powerful, that's powerful. Tanya, you wanna share with us a little bit about your story? So my family's from La Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City, and my, my story begins with my parents and things that happened to my parents, and so they made a lot of changes in their lives um, once they came to know the Lord. And they're my aunts, um, so my dad's aunts, um, Las Tias, they are the ones that were instrumental in their lives in helping guide them what it means to be a Jesus follower, what it means to dedicate your life to God. Um, and they... they there was a lot of difficulties that my parents experienced, but they wanted to break generational chains. Yeah. And so they, did a, they worked a lot on, on, in their faith um, in how to bring us up in, in the Lord. And so we came to the Central Coast. I was about four years old. And so growing up here, I had the privilege of attending on Sundays two churches, and my English-speaking church and my Spanish-speaking church. And so always going to a lot of church on Sundays. Um, but just being... Time and time again, like even through the difficulties that our family experienced of my parents and then other people in our lives of like, no, God is good and he's going to sustain us and it doesn't matter the circumstances. So that's good. Anybody here, like I'm going to ask you to raise your hand here in just a moment, but who here um, is maybe uh, a second generation follower of Jesus and you are here today because your parents or your grandparents, somebody chose to break the generational chains of sin and death in your family line. I'm one of those people. Go ahead and raise your hand right now. I want you to see, look at that. So many people are here because somebody in your life chose to follow after Jesus and then introduce you to Jesus. And so one of the things that I think is fascinating about that is in the scriptures, we actually learn about God intersecting one person's life so that all of a sudden a nation would come to know God and then the many nations would come to know God. And you remember learning early on in this series about a man named Abraham and God comes to Abraham and he makes covenant with Abraham. The very end of that covenant, he says these words, that you will be blessed to be a blessing to the nations. And that's incredibly powerful that not only would Abraham receive something, but he would also bless others. What he has received, he will also give. And that sounds awesome and good, 
But here's something that's really interesting about the Old Testament. If you go 1,300 years later, there's a prophet, and that prophet's name is Jonah. And that prophet, 1,300 years after the covenant that God made with Abraham, was asked to go to the nations. In fact, it's the only Old Testament story or prophet that we have that's evidence that God would send somebody to the nations. And when Jonah was sent to the nations, he was like, "Uh uh-uh, right? But I'm not going. I'm not going to those Ninevites. They're gnarly people. They've done awful things. There's no way that I want to go there. And so I guess one of the things that I'd love for you to share with our congregation is what compels you to share the message of Jesus? And then the second thing is what in those moments that sometimes causes not to share? Like what are the things that get in the way? Like if there's something that compels you to uh, share Jesus with other people, but what also sometimes keeps us from sharing Jesus with others. Someone want to start? Yeah, I'll start. So I think for me, what has, has compelled and what continues to compel me is uh, the idea that I know who I am in Christ now. Mm-hmm. Like that motivates me. Uh, I can say what Paul said in scripture, like love compels me in, in, in the book of Corinthians, but... Yeah. Um, I think God's still working on me with, with love yeah. and towards people yeah. Um, yeah. just because of my, my upbringing and having a hatred towards people. And so I'm still being worked on in that aspect of my life. Those who work with me know that I get annoyed very easily at dumb stuff. So, yeah. um, or stop. people. Let's go ahead. I'll stop. For just a moment. Because I, I, no, no, no. Hey, no. Pause there. I, Pause there for just a moment because I think this is key. And actually, I know uh, for myself, I think for all of us, there's an element of this. Um, You didn't necessarily come to Jesus and then all of a sudden you were uh, immediately, outwardly and inwardly a brand new person. So as you talk about this identity, was that something that took hold of right away or is that something that you had to lean into? No, for me, uh, when I... So I grew up in the church, and when I came here to Pismo in 2009 is when I gave my life to Christ, and I'll share a little bit more of my story of, like, where the seeds were planted, but in my life, it, can I be real with you, church? Can I be honest in here? Yeah. Uh, you said it, so I'm going to be. Uh, <laughs> when I gave my life to Christ, honestly, Joey, I still wanted to have sex with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, exactly. It's funny. I know it is. But it's the honest truth. I still wanted to smoke weed. I still wanted to have a bad attitude towards people. I still wanted to, to, to when, when someone looked at me weird, like sideways, I still wanted to react. Yeah. And so for me, it was a process of, uh, as I got, like, was being discipled by people, number one, yeah. uh, and getting closer to the Lord through his word and, and being a part of a missions organization, too, you're thrown into community 24-7. Right. Uh, there was moments where I would do stuff in my life that I used to do that now I'm a new creation in Christ, but it right. hasn't caught up yet because yeah. it's 21 years of my, living my, my, my life the way I wanted to live. And so there was a process, and we call it sanctification. Mm-hmm. A sanctification of like, oh, I'm not supposed to continue to sleep with my girlfriend because yeah. God is not okay with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I need to stop smoking weed because my mind's not sound and my mind's not mm-hmm. secure or, if you will, like uh, sober, if you will. Yeah, right. So these, and, and then this idea of my attitude and my anger, like I was letting my anger control me like Cain mm-hmm. in Genesis 4. And so for me, it was this idea of like God had to, as I got closer, understand more of who he was his, and his character and his nature, I understood, oh, I'm supposed to let, give my whole life to him, not just yeah. parts of my life. Right, right. I, I got to give my sexuality to him. I got to give, give all these areas of, of my life to him. And it was a, it was, it was a process. So yeah. it wasn't like automatically like, oh, I'm a believer in Jesus now. So I just 
Yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do things that I want to do anymore. And I was like, No, I still wanted to do things. Yeah. Right. And there was a, a, a the scripture says a um, circumcision of my heart, mm-hmm. a cutting away of my heart of what yeah. I wanted to do. And so that 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 took place in my life. That's good. That's good. Gino, how about you? What what compels you to share God's love? What compels you to share the transformation that Jesus had in your life with other people? Uh, for me, I think it comes from what ha- what I experienced in my own walk. I. I'm compelled to share, especially from like that place of desperateness. So when I came to the Lord, and I'm going to share more about it, but when I came to the Lord, I think I came to, I was at a place of making one of two choices, either ending my life or accepting the Lord. And there was a place where I hated myself so much and hated what I was doing and just spinning my wheels that I just wanted it to be over. And I feel like there is a lot of us who are like that. I feel there's a lot of us who do not like ourselves. There's a lot of us who struggle with this world. And I think I come from a place like, it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah, like Jesus, he can change everything. And I'm, I'm like Philip, I'm, well, I mean, you're not slow. I was gonna say you're slow, but I didn't mean he's slow. I just slow, sorry. No, <laughs> I am slow. <laughs> like, like I, I come to know the Lord and I gotta tell you, I had a family and it took me a long time to realize that it wasn't just about the fact that I wasn't going to hell. Like I was excited I wasn't going to hell, but I didn't realize that I was supposed to transform. I didn't lean into what it meant to be a Christian. Yeah. I was still, it was like pulling me off the streets, but you weren't gonna take the streets out of me. I yeah. still was an angry, out of control person who really thought I knew all the answers and and honestly, I know nothing. And got to a place where now today I when people are like there's no hope when people are like hey I just want to throw in the towel and it's over I'm like mm-hmm. absolutely like no if you know Jesus it's not going to happen an instant Lord he can do whatever he wants but it'll be a process but it does not have to stay this way yeah. and so I I just get motivated to be like to talk to people to to share that with them especially in my office or in opportunity um because I just I don't know. I just, the hope I have, I never knew I could have. And I guess that's what I want other people to have. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Tanya, you mentioned that, um, you know, part of your story is that like you had this faith foundation in your family. And yet, as Jesus reminds us in the New Testament, in this world, you will have trouble. And so you were, you had those things kind of working in tandem with one another. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what compels you to tell others about Jesus? And so having that privilege of loving Jesus from a very young age um, and having that joy um, in my life. And often I get asked, why are you happy, Tanya? Why are you always so cheerful? And... What do we say, Philip? I've no. got that joy, 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 joy. Down, down in, in my heart. heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got that joy, 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 joy. <laughs> down in my heart. Down in my heart today. Amen. There okay. we go. There we go. But like that part is it, right? I have known that joy since a little child. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's an, it is a privilege. It is a privilege that my parents changed their lives, that they were like, no, we're not going to do this again. How we were raised, things that happened in our family, like we don't want that for our, for our nuclear family. Um, and so it has been a privilege. And so getting to share that with others, um, but it has been a process, right? Even growing up in the church, um, Thankfully, having so many people invest in my life, my youth leaders, my youth pastor, mentors that I've had for years now, um, of just having constant people speak into my life and help me draw closer to God every single day. And even just looking back of 
even a couple years ago of like, okay, prioritizing or even trying to limit God, me coming into this job of working at New Life, I was thinking I was going to be on a path somewhere else. And when Gina and Leslie invited me to come to New Life, I was like, hmm. And we all talked about, they were like, oh, that wasn't the response we were expecting. Because I was like, I, <laughs> I was. <laughs> but it was, I was limiting God in what I thought I, my oh, purpose was supposed to, what I was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And we do. I mean, like, we, we limit God in some, some of those moments. We even limit God when we think about, like, hey, prompting to share Jesus with others. We, we find ourselves, I mean, again, if you go back to the story of Jonah, part of it was, like, he just simply didn't like those people. And I, honestly, I feel like right now in, in the culture that we have, sometimes I see some Christians falling into this mindset of like, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, but you know what? I don't like what's happening in the world and therefore I'm gonna just like leave them out there as long as I'm good. The problem with that is that God said he so loved the world. And so there's this compelling, um, there's this, uh, there's this uh, urging uh, specifically as you get to the New Testament and the, and the calling of believers to go and to share the gospel. But there's other reasons why we don't. Sometimes it's because we're just flat out busy. Sometimes it's because we don't want to get into the mess with people. What has been your, I mean, again, I know that all of you are pastors, but like what's been your experience? Like what, what has been your experience about why sometimes it's hard to even share the gospel or share about Jesus with other people? I think for me, like, I'm not a wordy person, I, I don't talk a lot, so I use all my words in my office and at the end of the day, I don't have anything to say to you or anyone else, <laughs> so I, it's part of my issue, I'm pretty introverted, I, I don't talk very much. I think the other thing is, is like, I don't know, you get into this place where so many people wanna defend themselves nowadays, so it's not a discussion, it can, becomes an argument and I can be a person who's like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna argue with you, like I don't wanna have an argument, I don't want to try to defend my faith, I'm willing to share it so I don't want to get into it. I can get yeah. into my head. And then uh, one of the things that I is always on my heart is my daughter and her friends, and they're all in their 20s. And so I'm always trying to figure out, like, how do I share my faith with them? And how do I share Jesus? Yeah. And life can be the same and still, like, not be weird. That's really what it comes down to. Like, how do I not be weird? And I kind of have this moment sometimes where I'm like, oh, this would be a good time to share Jesus. And I'm like... What'd you eat for lunch today? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I get yeah. strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, and yet, I know it means the world for me to share it, but I guess I'm also, like, I don't want to come off strange, and I yeah. also, I, don't, I guess I don't want to leave a bad taste in someone's mouth as if I, I want to be able to say the right thing that if, even if it's just planting a seed, yeah. that I'm doing that, and I'm not, like, taking someone's seed and being weird. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting that in the New Testament, there's this blind guy and he is healed by Jesus and the Pharisees come along and they don't wanna talk about how he's been healed. They wanna argue with him, right? Like, like immediately they come up and they're like wanting to argue about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in, this, uh, in his life. And he has just like really a short answer to them. He's like, I don't know what you think about Jesus. I'm not saying like, you know, you have to think this particular way, but I know this. Once I was blind and now I see. And sometimes we try to like defend every aspect of our faith to someone who hasn't yet encountered Jesus when maybe sometimes what we need to do is just say, hey, look, I know that you have questions. I know that you maybe have doubts. I know all of that. But here's what I can tell you. Once I was blind and now I see, once I was, I was feeling dead in my life, alone in my life, broken in my life, unworthy in my life, and now I feel like I am God's beloved. Now I understand that somebody is with me and his name is Jesus. And just that simple, just kind of parallel of like, hey, this is how things were for me. This is how things are. You can believe, literally, you can believe, let's go have a meal together. We don't have, you don't have to agree with 
with me, but I'm just telling you, this is what's happened in my life, and that can be super powerful. So, you know, um, we are all here because somebody took the risk to share Jesus with us. And uh, as we were approaching um, Thanksgiving, I began to just think about like, hey God, like I'm so grateful for what you have done in my life, but I'm also grateful that you spoke to somebody and that somebody um, saw that as a divine appointment to tell me about the love of Jesus. And so what I've asked each one of these uh, pastors to do is to write a thank you note um, to the person or persons who introduced them to Jesus. And so I'll, I'm gonna start with Philip and he's gonna share with you like, hey, this is, this is my story of who introduced me to Jesus. Before I get there, David, I was reminded of what we just said, of the, the question, what oftentimes stops us? Yeah. And it's very, um, we don't have a choice. We, we have a microphone, so we're, we're sharing our fears and our, like, what keeps us. And yeah. so I don't want you to sit there and be like, y'all, are, y'all, y'all working on a church staff. Yeah, y'all should always be doing. Yeah, but you should be asking a question for yourself, too. Like, what's stopping you also? Yeah from sharing what God's done in your life, sharing the gospel as well, yeah. because we, we just so happen to have the microphone, and we're letting you in on like some fears of ours, but the question is, for us as a church as well, what's keeping yeah. us, what's keeping you from that as well, which, which goes into, because um, what's fascinating is you're going to hear, I don't know that any of you had a pastor be the first one to share Jesus with you. I nah. think everybody had somebody that's just like you. Yeah. Yeah. So which leads me to like, I wrote it out. So um, I am here today as a, as a youth pastor, as a pastor who, someone who works in the church, because there have been many people in my life uh, that have been planting the seeds of the gospel, or they have been watering the seeds of, of somebody that's planted the seeds in me. So for me, I have to start back with like my grandparents. It goes back there. My grandma who taught me how to pray, she, she, she also prayed for me, prayed for her grandkids that we would yeah. know the Lord, serve the Lord, walk with the Lord because she did. And so it starts there if I can look back at my life. And then it, then it gets on to when I get a little older, uh, this guy named David, uh, not this guy, uh, but another guy in North Carolina at a church called East Taylorsville, East Taylorsville Baptist Church, and his name was David, through an Awanas program. Anybody know Awanas in here? Mm-hmm. Awanas, so for me, it was like I was going to that, and, and this guy, David, I remember helping me memorize and learn scripture, mm-hmm. uh, also walking me through the sinner's prayer, like the Romans Road and sinner's prayer, because that's what you do in North Carolina, and then from there, like, I remember making a decision June 5th, 1995, like, I don't know what decision I made, but I remember making some sort of decision of like, I think I want Jesus. I don't really know what that means. But then as I've gotten older, uh, I remember meeting my best friend, Paul White. So the White family, Tracy and Sharon White and their son, uh, Paul White. He was a guy that when I was going from junior high to high school, the guy that I was like, he's cool. He wears really tight pants and he skateboards and he's in punk rock music. I want to be a part of that. And it was just something about him. And then once I got into part of his life, it was like, I have to, I have to say thank you to the White family because they showed me, Tracy showed me what it meant to be a husband, mm-hmm. what it meant to be a father because I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't see that in my house. And so I got to see firsthand how this family actually functions as a family behind closed doors. Uh, they fed me. Uh, and so I, but also they took me to church all the time. They showed me, I remember Tracy White, he served at the church as a custodian and his mentality was always a, the scripture somewhere that's like, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And I remember him always talking about that. And so that was like encouraging me. So I have to say yeah. thank you to the White family uh, for also like showing me what it means to like 
live Christ-like values and follow Christ as a family. Uh, and then I have to uh, thank my youth pastor, Zane Rowland. Um, he was a youth pastor at, at the church there. And he would uh, not just, you know, do youth group, but he, he would also... In, invite people, the students, us students into his home. And we, we get to see him and his wife, Stacy, uh, uh, just live life together. They, we, we would watch MMA fights or sports and they would make pizza rolls and hot pockets and, yeah. and just like invite us in their home. And they had little kids at the time too. And so like, we got to see, I got to see relational incarnational ministry, not from, from a youth pastor. That was not just about come to the church, but yeah. Be a part of my life too. And so right. I have to say right. thank you to Zane as well, because I'm a youth pastor to the day to, to today. And I have to thank the Reeves family, Carrie and Joy Reeves and their son Logan. They are the ones that also uh, let me stay at their house, but also they were very involved in the church. Mm-hmm. They were very involved in like uh, serving, but also uh, hosting missionaries in their home. They, they, they were the family that sold everything and moved to Haiti. And so like yeah. they, they, they were the ones that had missions on their. Uh, in their life, I, I saw them uh, adopt kids into their own family that were not their own kids. So I have to thank the Reese family too because they introduced me to uh, youth with a mission. Is where is where I actually like made a decision as a 21 year old. I'm going to give my life to Christ because of all this stuff that happened in my life. And so the Reese family, they're the ones that paid for my trip, filled out my application to even go to YWAM, paid for my whole trip in country and out of country, and just believed in me so much. And then from there, I have to say, thank you, Youth of the Mission Pismo Beach, all my leaders, Will and Lori Barrow, which they live in Atascadero, um, for believing in me and not giving up on me. Brandon and Kirsten Ekstrom, who I'm going today to stay at their house all week, my family and I, for Thanksgiving, they were vital in my life because they didn't give up on me. Right. Um, who else? Uh, Matt, who was from Reading. He was one of my leaders. Kat, she was from London. Um, uh, Tyler Dean, he was from the, uh, Minnesota. And then uh, Maria, she was from Norway. All these people in my YWAM school yeah. that literally I had I, I, the three strike rule. You get three strikes, you're out of the school. I had two strikes. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, for real, Christy, that had two strikes <laughs> and I was about to be out of this mission pre- school, but these leaders actually said, nah, we're going to continue to disciple you. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to pour into you still. We're going to, and so I have to say thank you to all these people because so they, this, these, all these people are actually the reason why I'm sitting here today, why I still follow Jesus, why I love my wife, why I love my kids, yeah. why I'm not going to punk out and leave my family. Yeah. Sorry if anyone that if offends you, but I'm not going to punk out and leave my family because I have examples of men and women who stayed Man. together when it was hard, show me how to raise that's a family, good. and to be faithful to my wife, my kids, and to Jesus. So Amen. that's Amen. who I got to say thank you to. I hope in that testimony that you also hear when you said we will, when you had those kids up here, that you're going to play a role in those kids' lives. You're going to play a role in our kids' ministries' lives. You're going to play a role in our students who are in student ministries' lives. So I just encourage you to, to think about the number of people that were mentioned. Gina, how about you? What your story, um, kind of who introduced you to Jesus? So um, I wrote a letter to the person who actually introduced me to Jesus. So I was in college when I accepted the Lord, and my coach brought me to the Lord. And so it's kind of a weird story how I even ended up in a Christian college, but... <laughs> we'll ignore that part. And so, um, but I wrote him a letter and uh, I just feel like it's probably the best way I knew how to express it. So I just said, hey, and his name is Farnham. So there's that. So, uh, <laughs> um, hey, Farnham, I'm writing to say thank you because when I look back on my life, I am fully aware that the path I was on only changed because you spoke into it. You took a risk, you asked the tough questions and you challenged the choices and facade I was putting out there. 
I remember walking into practice late. As my coach, you were always irritated with me, and I believed you didn't like me, and I honestly didn't care. Uh, my face was all messed up from getting into a fight the night before, and I was angry like I was most days. After practice, you pulled me aside and asked me if I knew Jesus. No one had ever asked me that before. Being at a Christian college, it was assumed that I was a Christian, but I was only there for sports. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't laugh it off or blow off the question. I was caught in a moment I knew was serious, but I didn't realize it would be life-altering. I'm not saying thank you just because I found Jesus that night. I'm saying thank you for a few things that I've carried with me for almost 30 years. Thank you for telling me that, uh, thanks for telling me that giving Jesus a try wasn't an option. I remember clear as day your words, you give him your whole life or nothing at all. He is Lord, he's not your backup plan. Mm -hmm. You knew my journey would be difficult. I had no idea what I, what I would have to give up or what I would have to accept or how my life would turn upside down calling him Lord. But you did and you made sure that there was no going back. It's crazy to think that one question, do you know Jesus, actually even caught my attention. But I think it's the way you asked me. And then I'm also thankful for, for that. Thank you for not threatening me with hell. Thank you, uh, try, thank you for not threatening me with hell, trying to scare me into believing. Thank you for seeing me, the pain, the hurt, the destruction, the total lack of identity. Today I can say that I know who I am. I am a daughter of a king. I am, I am not only saved, but I am transformed by his love and work in my life. Yeah. Like Paul said in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live in faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All because you were faithful, Farnham. All because you knew what Jesus had done in your life, and you knew what he could do in mine. I'm forever grateful, and I love you. Good. Good. My guess is, as you know, bright and awesome as your coach was, he probably wasn't this like, great theologian. He was just somebody who saw somebody and said, all right, I'm gonna take the risk to share Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest, right? That's what's so powerful. Yeah, he was a really down-to-earth guy. And I, you know, I was thinking about this after last service and we yeah. did it. As soon as I accepted Christ that night, there was these two kids making out in the gym down on the other side. <laughs> and he literally was like, you're going to go tell them that you just accepted Christ. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, yes, you are. And so I walked over there and I waited for them to stop doing their thing. And I'll always remember, like, I looked at him like a hundred times before I was going to say that I accepted yeah. Christ. Because I think for me, I wanted this, but I didn't believe it was a thing. And so... They got done doing their thing, and I was like, I accepted Jesus. They're all, good for you. I'm like, okay, good. Good talk. Uh, and I left, but, you know, I got kicked out of school the next day uh, yes. out of the college, and it's a long story, and I got, I, it was a long story, but I'll say this about, because you asked the question. Mm -hmm. He was a really simple man who didn't quote a lot of scriptures at me, but mm -hmm. he fought for me. I ended up staying in that school. I ended up graduating from that school. His son was in my wedding. And he just was patient with me. I, yeah. His head was going to spin off every now and then, but he was patient with me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That is good. So, Tanya, will you share your thank you letter? Well, I have a lot of, I'll have a lot of people to thank over the past 37 years, but it started with my parents. So that's who I wrote it to. 
Queridos padres, to my dearest parents, thank you for making Jesus the Lord of your lives and breaking generational change so that I could have a life that was filled with Jesus from the beginning. Thank you for instilling me a love for God, for teaching me about his word, for praying over me, and surrounding me with people that love Jesus. Both of you have taught me so much about compassion and what it means to love others. Thank you for your faithfulness and being examples of Christ-like disciples. Thank you for helping me understand that I needed to make Jesus my Lord and Savior, and for teaching me the importance of serving within the church and my community. My earliest memories are of doing ministry with you too. You have taught me how to lament and cry out to the Lord in distress and praise his name regardless of the circumstances. Thank you for guiding me along the way and inviting others to disciple me as well. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So there's no good way to do this transition. They're going to go get ready to baptize some folks. And as they do that, I want you to think about a couple of things. Um, The first one is this. I hope one of the things that you heard is that when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and when people go down into these baptism waters, one of the things that's important to recognize is that you do come out with a new identity and a new, as a new creation, but you have to begin to learn how to live into that reality. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And it's like putting on new clothes that you're not quite sure how they fit. You get a new outfit, but you're not quite sure how it fits. And so one of the things that we, we need to be reminded of is that you don't have to actually clean yourself up to come to Jesus. You don't have to have it all figured out to come to Jesus, that you can actually bring your mess and you can bring your doubts and you can bring your uncertainty and you can bring your frustrations and you can come to Jesus and say, all right, God, I'm just laying myself before you. So the individuals that are getting, stepping down into these baptism waters, they are not super Christians. They're simply just people who said, I need Jesus. And so if you are somebody here this morning and, and maybe you've been holding back and you, you are like, you know what, I just, just a little bit longer, I need to learn a little bit more, I need to understand a little bit more, I need to stop doing this and stop doing that, can I encourage you with something? Put on the identity of Christ, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, and then try to start walking in the ways of Jesus. Stop trying to walk in the ways of Jesus in your own strength, and your own power. Allow yourself to walk in his identity. Allow yourself to walk in his power. Amen? And so if God is stirring something in you this morning, we've got people who have said, hey, I want to be baptized. But if he is stirring something in you this morning, don't wait. Don't wait. I know it's cold for us on the Central Coast, but we've got clothes, we've got towels, we'll take care of you. This could be your day to simply bring your mess before the Lord and say, hey, I'm done. I'm done fighting and trying to figure it all out on my own. Jesus, I want you. I want you. I want to bring my mess. Then the second thing that, again, I want you to be reminded of is that when you go down into the baptism waters, You are buried with Christ in all of the sin and death that Christ crucified on the cross. You're buried with that power and you're raised to power in the resurrection and life in Jesus. 
And why that's so important, again, is because you will never work hard enough or be good enough or any number of things in order to kind of earn your approval before God. And so here's what's so beautiful. I don't have to because what is true of Jesus is now true of me when I am baptized. What is true of Jesus when I place my faith in him is now true of me. And so just as Jesus conquered sin and death, guess what? His power in me will conquer sin and death. And just as Jesus was raised to new life, guess what? Now my life will be raised to new life. I have a new identity. I am a son of the most high God. You are a daughter of the most high God. And so you live into that reality. We have several people that are gonna be baptized and I just encourage them to come up at this time. They're gonna read their testimony and then they're gonna lay their testimony at the foot of the cross and then come down and be baptized right here. We got some of our young kids coming in here because we wanna model, again, we wanna, we wanna display and bear witness to what Jesus is doing in our lives. So I just want to explain a little bit how it's going to work. So we are going to, um, I get to introduce people. They're going to share their testimony, what God is doing in their life. They're going to leave their testimony at the foot of the cross, which is a symbol, right? That their old life is gone and their new life in Jesus has begun. And they're going to leave it there. They're going to go down. We're going to do baptisms. And then because it's a party, this is your job. When they come out of the water each time, we are going to celebrate and cheer, right? You ready? And then, because it is a party, we're going to do it again. Because then we're going to have Pastor Christy come up, and we have a bunch of students also. So are you all ready for this? Okay. So, could you share your name and why you're being baptized today? My name is Amy Ustry, and I want to lead by example and take this step as a way to dedicate myself and serve. Thank you. Praise God. And you. Hi, my name is Dan, and I was living a life as a part-time Christian for most of my life and uh, figured out who God was uh, several years ago, and I just wanted to declare, declare publicly that he's my Lord and Savior. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> I'm Christina. I was baptized as a baby, but it took into my late 20s before I developed my relationship with Jesus and it was always strong until two years ago where I grew farther from him between my work and challenges in my marriage. I developed a relationship with alcohol, which I leaned on and a year ago my marriage fell apart after 16 years. I leaned harder on the alcohol for a few months until something happened that broke me and brought me to my knees. On Ash Wednesday, I put the bottle down and came back to Jesus and in April, my husband and I both going through transformations of our own started the process of reconciliation. So grateful for Jesus, he brought my husband to me 17 years ago and gave us a second chance. I'm here to declare my love and gratitude for my relationship with Jesus. He never gives up. Thank you, God. Beautiful. Okay, and can I share how we just met in the lobby? Okay, we, good. We just met in the lobby and, um, you live down in Anaheim or Southern California, Riverside, and watches us online, okay? That, what, that's, welcome to the family. We're so glad you're here. And 
She has been wanting to be baptized, had no idea today was baptism day, and here she is. So would you share a little bit about why you're getting baptized today? Um, my name is Yolanda, and I'm from the Riverside County. Um, I watch uh, you on live um, every Sunday. And um, the reason why I'm here, uh, the reason why I... Um, for a long time, I had lived away from the Lord. And about 20 years ago, I found the Lord not knowing that he had been waiting for me all this time. When I look back and think of what I've been through, he had been there holding me and keeping me strong for this moment. I just wanna say that if you're missing anything in your life, this is where you need to be. You need to find the Lord and find and give Him space in your heart, open your heart to Him. And um, I'm just really happy to be here and um, I've been going through some health issues. There's a few things that I wanted to get off my list this year and one is being baptized. The other one is um, fasting and the other one is I want to speak in tongues one day. Thank you so much. Let's get baptized. Let's, let's go.
ago. I heard about it through my wife and her family. I wanted to get baptized to symbolically celebrate my new journey with Jesus as my Savior. Go down and get baptized, Trevor! She's going to say your name and why you're getting baptized. Hi, my name is Riley, and I chose to get baptized today because my life was not truly fulfilled without God in your life, and I'm ready to, sur I'm ready to surrender my life to God. I found the hope to do this because I know that it's time, and I'm ready to give Him my life because He has showed me that it was time and he knew that it he knew he was ready for me and that is how i knew i was coming and it was time for today hi many hi my name is eliza i chose to get baptized today because i found i was not living life truly me before I found God, and since I found Him, I've been the happiest I've ever been. It gives me comfort knowing I'll always have someone to talk to and feel comforted by. And for the rest of my life, it will be me and God through my life's journey. Hi, my name is Brooklyn, and I've always known of God, but it took me a long time to actually make a relationship with Him. Before I knew God, I was lost. I was very sinful in my day-to-day -day life, the only things that I thought were bad was the things that my parents told me not to do. When I found Jesus, I knew I was wrong. I stopped gossiping, listening to secular music, and I just overall wanted to start being a better Christian. When I found Jesus, my whole life changed. He has helped me when I've been, out, when I, when I've been at my lowest, and I know He will always be there for me. Whenever I feel stressed, sad, or angry, He always speaks to me and calms me down. There is nobody who knows exactly how you feel except for Jesus Himself. 
Jesus is the most loving person you will ever know. That is why today I'm declaring to the church and the whole world that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Hi, my name is Juniper, and I wanted to be baptized today because my life in Christ is important to me. I've been walking with him for three years, and even though that's only a little bit of my life, it's time to show everyone that I've accepted him. I've been told about him and his wonders my whole life, but it, it didn't really reach me until I went to a soccer camp church over summer break. My life with him hadn't really started yet. Ever since that moment when I felt him throw, flow through me and inhabit my heart, I've been studying his word, his stories, and his sacrifice. I'm as ready as I'll ever be to show people that I'm not afraid to show I'm a follower. Live and love your life in Jesus Christ. Hello, my name's Zach, and I decided to get baptized today because I saw the impact God has had on my friends, seen the change they had in their lives and I seek that change today, and I'm ready to accept God and be true in my faith and fix my soul and embrace the Lord. This is Ezra, and he's a true gem. I've decided to be baptized today because the time feels right. I've wanted to do it since I gave my life to Jesus in sixth grade. I want to show others that I want to live for Jesus.
we want you guys to leave and go out and be the salt and life, salt and light of the world. Share Jesus with everyone you know and just be excited about what he's doing in and through his kingdom, okay? Last thing, we wanna talk one more time, just push you guys towards that Christmas market. We just want to bless the families in the Central Coast. So if you guys see a need, would you just go out, look for the deals, find something, get some blankets, get detergent, all that. That's what we need. We wanna just bless people. So as you go, would you open your hands and receive this benediction from the Lord? Gracious Heavenly Father, equip us to be your hands and feet in the world. As we leave this place, God, would you put smiles on our faces that would radiate the joy and the movement of your spirit. What you've done here, Lord, you can continue and you will continue to do in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. We hope to see you guys next week.